All right, all right, all right. Welcome to the Hot Mic with Mike F. and McGowan. This is by far going to be the most important podcast, communication, YouTube, video, whatever that I have ever done and will ever do. And uh, thank you for joining and listening in. I'd love feedback on it. I'd love any sort of input. And uh, I want to thank the people that have helped me for the last 18 months to two years uh, coming up with this roadmap for a better world. So the whole concept behind this is that I've really kind of been looking at my life. And uh, as we all get older, you know, you know, you go to school where you're born, you go to school, you get a job, you get married, you have a kid, they go to college, they graduate, mine does in two days. And then you're wondering what next, right? So you just keep chasing a dollar, better job, um, you know, do what you love to do. What is our purpose in life? So I looked for that when COVID hit and uh, kind of discovered that I think I have a pretty good purpose in life. Always felt since I was a young kid that uh, I had some sort of uh, deeper meaning or purpose for being on this planet. And I'm here to share that with you now after uh, a lot of time and effort on it. And hopefully you'll join me in this project. And I think it's going to be a movement like no other. So without further ado, let's talk about this. So um, taking the mic back is something that relates to a quote from Mr. All right, all right, all right himself, Matthew McConaughey. So a few months back, maybe a year back, we remember the shooting in Uvalde, Texas, and the, the kids that were killed, and that was his hometown. And uh, after that, uh, he was invited to the White House. He came with his wife to speak to uh, the press corps. He got that microphone, and I don't think they knew what he was going to say. But he basically said, you know, you guys are doing a horrible job. And he kind of called out both sides. And I'll flip to the... Uh, the quote that we have here, which is, I think we're being told we're more divided than we are. Yeah, no brainer. I think that the veil over the masses' eyes, it's got to be lifted. And I think we've got the numbers. we got to pull that veil off, stop drinking the Kool-Aid. And uh, because we're hearing it from both sides, right and left, and they have the microphones. The masses have the numbers. So we're taking the mic back. We've got to take the mic back kick them off democracy's boat and say, nope, you're not steering this boat anymore. So that was about a year ago. I uh, immediately trademarked taking the mic back um, because I loved it so much. It spoke to me as I've always been kind of somebody who, who really believes that we're unnecessarily divided and we have way more in common um, than we have differences. Not that differences are bad, um, but the way the world is working today, it's just not working and People are just so angry and divided. So I've been working on how to how to change that, how to make that different, how to bring it back. Um, so that's what you're going to hear about today, and hopefully you're going to enjoy it. So my legacy is is putting this roadmap together to take the mic back, and uh, you know, let's go for it. So as you can see um, on my first page here, uh, we got some project goals, and those goals are really to bring people back together common ground. So I talked to many, many people um, for a long time on uh, on this stuff. And yeah, I think we agree on a lot of things more than we don't. So that being said, um, there are solutions we can come up with called the 90-10 rule, 80-20 rule, whatever you want to call it, where people would get in general agreement, but we're forced to be divided. 
It's easier for the government officials to divide us. They raise more money that way. You've got all these different corporations, yada, yada, yada. We all know the deal. So, you know, unifying the population, bringing the hands or bringing the microphone back to the people is number one. And number two is holding officials accountable. Um, so right now, the status quo has been going on for way too long. And uh, there's really no accountability for these uh, different politicians. So um, let's get right into it. And if we achieve these two goals, I, I really do believe we can make the world a better place and uh, dramatically better. Now, a lot of people are probably listening and saying, you know what, Mike, these are, these are you know, tried and true things. These are no brainers. These are da -da. Well, they're not happening. And why are they not happening? They're not happening because the people in power don't want them to happen. So if we find a way to take the mic back from those politicians, I think we can change the world. Now, um, I am not a disillusioned person. I, I don't believe that an individual like myself and a movement and a change.org and a online this and online that can really get uh, up to that level. But I've got a surprise for you. It can get to that level and it can get to that level with endorsements from very famous people, um, coalitions of different sides of the aisle. And, uh, you know, it's just going to take that type of movement. Um, a lot of this stuff uh, you're probably going to agree with. I I would guess all of it, but I would love feedback on anything you don't agree with. Um, but you know what? So I don't waste any more time. Let's get right into it. But just know at the end, I've got a plan to actually make it get into fruition. So there's a lot of people out there talking about these issues, talking about how bad it is on both sides. Um, but nobody's trying to do anything about it because I guess that's no ratings in that effort. So I've got some good solutions and hopefully you'll agree. So here we go. So I'm going to turn the page here and get to uh, kind of synopsis of the first few big ideas as I'm calling them. So the first thing and probably the area I spent the most time on is um, this voices heard application. So I came up with this idea a long time ago of, you know what? Um, politicians used to come back to our neighborhoods. They used to poll the people. They used to do town halls. They used to actually care about what we say, and then they'd go and vote on our behalf. So what we have is a federal republic and an elected uh, democracy, or excuse me, um, representative democracy, or elected representatives. God, I butchered that. But the whole gist to it is that we elect people to then go and represent on our behalf, right? So we don't have single vote on all issues. We vote for people that go and represent us. Um, we've got 50 states that all have their own thing. And then there's the federal government kind of overriding that. So how can we get them to listen again? How can we get them to represent us again? Why do I care what Mehmet Oz or John Fetterman think? Why do I care? I don't care about their stances on anything. They are there to represent us. So with that in mind, I came up with this idea for an app. And we're going to show this at the end because between the app and the celebrity endorsements, I think that's how we'll make a mark with this. Uh, so keeping both fun parts to the end. Uh, so this is a way for us to communicate how we feel about different issues to our politicians. Then they see how we feel. They decide how to vote. And uh, if they vote against what we're saying, it's going to be a it's going to be a calculator. It says this is how many times your representative has voted on your behalf, meaning if 80% of their constituents vote a certain way, that they should vote that way. 
If it's 50-50, that's a little bit different story. Maybe you have a public town hall, something like that. But bottom line is you should never just have a politician going up there voting however they want because of the political money they've gotten, because of the big corporations they've gotten, because of their own interests they've gotten. We shouldn't care what Oz and Fetterman think. And speaking from the state of Pennsylvania, that was the big election we had in the last midterm. We shouldn't care what they think. They're there to represent us. They should care what we think. So I've met with a couple of politicians. Both have bought in. We'll talk to that a little bit more later. But, um, you know, people seem to really think this is a good idea. And I've had it uh, tweaked and changed a little bit. But this is going to be a cornerstone of the whole plan. Um, secondly, uh, you know, some of these bills that get passed in the middle of the night, right? No reviewing of it. The idea that a, a senior politician will say, we have to pass the bill so that we know what's in it is so ludicrous. Um, it's just so unacceptable on many levels. So we got to we got to stop that. So every bill that gets written should have a one week review period, time to read it, time for your staff to digest it. If you're, you know, in Congress, time for the public to read it, time for them to get feedback. Then you got one to two weeks of public debate on certain, you know, meaningful bills. Maybe it's a bill that's going to require a certain dollar amount. That gets the one to two weeks. Others, maybe it's one to two days if it's a nominal bill. But the idea is that you get to you get to read it, duh. You get to review it. You get to debate on it, and then votes are taken. Um, seems like a no brainer. Uh, there's actually um, and it, there's going to be a link to each one of these. There's actually a bill put forward to do just that. Um, but again, will they bring that up for a vote? I would say no. Because this just doesn't allow for them to stuff all their pork in, all their pet projects, all the stuff they want to do. It's so filthy what gets put in these bills. It's it's just disgusting. And, and we're better than that, quite frankly. Um, and then itemizing bills. So the fact that, you know, it takes a week to read some of these bills because they're 4,000 pages. And I've read many, many bills. And they are not just uh, long. They are hard to read. They're in lawyer speak and politician speak. You don't even know what the heck it means after some of it, which lets them just kind of, you know, tweak it and bend it to their desire. But it's really bad. So these need to be more well-written, more concise. And there's no reason why each bill shouldn't have a single purpose, right? This idea, these omnibus bills, they're called, where you stuff everything into 4,000 pages. And then let's say there's 100 meaningful pieces of legislation in there, but one of them is just absolutely terrible. Um then you got to vote up or down with that in it, right? So now the next election, somebody could say, you voted for this terrible thing. How dare you, you know, vote for such a terrible thing? Yeah, but there was 199 other great things in the bill. We couldn't get it out, so I had to vote for it. I mean, it's just so ludicrous that it's working like this. I just can't believe adults um, won't change this. But again, it's meant to keep people in power. It's meant for the political elite class and all that stuff. And I'm not going to sound like a conspiracy theorist because I think we're already knowing that. We we now know the, the, the wool has been lifted over our eyes. No, put over our eyes, whatever it is. We are now aware after COVID in the last three years that our politicians are really not out for us. It's really kind of disgusting. So we're going to take the mic back from them. We're going to make sure that there's mandatory review periods. We're going to make sure that they're singular purpose bills. And then we've got term limits coming for them. So again, the first um, two items on itemized bills and mandatory review, they're already written. They just won't be put in front of for a vote. And then term limits already written. 
So there'll be links to these in the formal document that I'll, that I'll put um, in the comments or chat or wherever you're getting this information. Um, but bottom line is, if presidents can only be for eight years, there's no reason we can limit the Senate to two terms, which would be 12 years, and maybe four terms for House of Representatives, eight years. Right. Once you've done that, I think we know what you stand for. Now it's time for a new set of eyes. Um, you could run for one of those other, maybe move from the House to the Senate if you're one of those lifelong politicians, whatever. You're not going to love it as much because of some of the other rules and taking money out of politics that we're going to have. Um, you're not going to have the Nancy Pelosi, Mitch McConnell, you know, Dick Durbin, um, uh, who, who Manchin, Schumer. I'm trying to think on uh, the Republican side who's been around forever. Um, you're just not going to have that anymore. Well, Joe Biden um, taking the money out and making them do their job and be representatives of us, that's not going to excite these immoral people that keep us uh, and keep people in poverty, keep people, you know, paying exorbitant taxes for their pet projects. It's just horrible. I think we all know it. So we got to get term limits. That's out there. We got to get them to vote for it. Um, I saw Nikki Haley was really pushing for this, which is great. Um, how about repealing laws that allow for politicians just to lie? So politicians have like so many special things, but they can just lie to us. They can go on any talk show. They can go on any debate stage. And, you know, yeah, we could fact check them. But when there's a media that doesn't really, you know, that's biased on both sides, you're not going to fact check. So this idea that they can lie with impunity is insane. So we uh, are working on some standards and maybe it's a three strikes and you're out or whatever. But if it's provable lies, and I could probably name a hundred easily um, in the last five years, if it's provable lies or even like at best really misleading, there should be something like a censure or something where at some point, three strikes and you're out, you've lost the ability um, for X, Y, and Z. Um, so I think these are important. You, you, part of the game of politics, you can't lie. It's just it's just going to be a new rule, right? You can't lie about things. You can't mislead the public for your own special interest. It's just not acceptable. We shouldn't accept that. If we lie at our own works, we'll get fired. So we're, we're going to start firing people that lie. We're going to come up with rules around that. A friend of mine came up with this one. I like it. I think it's got legs. I think it could be expanded beyond the military, but allowing the military to serve and not have to pay their federal taxes or not have federal taxes is a way to give them a much deserved pay raise. I mean, I know this is probably going to be the most, um, you know, controversial of all these items because the rest are pretty benign. They're all about us taking the mic back. Um, I know there's some anti-military people, you know, military people kill babies, et cetera. I personally believe that, you know, these these folks deserve to make more than $28,000, um, you know, in their first year. They're putting their life on the line, et cetera. So, and then, I, you know, you take it to police. Maybe police don't pay their local. I have to pay local taxes, maybe teachers, maybe nurses, right? So there are certain professions that are underpaid and do a, a public service. And I believe that they deserve that pay raise. Maybe the easiest way to do it versus kind of, uh, which is not happening right now, getting a, you know national pay raises is, you know, you don't have to pay taxes in your local municipality, your local government, your federal government, whatever the case may be. So I like that idea, and I think that would be passed kind of 90-10 uh, rule, if you will. Government officials not accepting donations from industries that can influence their voting. I mean – is there anything as simple? It's so no-brainer, whether it's pharma, big tech, military, um, 
teachers unions, uh, defense, oil, you know, whatever it is, right? Politicians shouldn't be allowed to take money from corporations, lobbyists, or industry, period. End of story. Um, I saw a webcast the other day that really was intelligent. I'm probably going to talk about it in a minute, but there is no reason why all this big money needs to be driving our lives, you know, the lives of the 330 million other Americans. Um, so then secondary to that, right, they have special rules in government. So there's no reason that they should have these special rules or benefits like their own health care, like their own private gym, their own, um, you know, staff of millions of dollars that they get to hire. It's really insane. Um, we've got to stop making this such a cushy job so that they don't start keep getting all this money, getting all these lobbyists, getting all these perks. And then it gets a nice, nice lifestyle and maybe they'll get into it for the right reasons, but you sure get addicted to the perks. I know I got addicted to a nice salary. I mean, it's, it's logical. So good people can turn into not as good people once you start filling their pockets and you make their life that easy. And then this is the last one. This is kind of to the webcast I saw the other day. Limits on money spent on campaigns. So, you know, why is it the way it is? Why is it that there's, you know, I don't know, $20 billion spent on an election? Um, there's better uses to do with $20 billion, I assure you. So, um I would I would propose that there should be a limit. Now I had originally started out with ten million for presidential, five million for senate, et cetera. Right, so I still don't like it. And uh, this webcast I saw was really intelligent. I liked it. And evidently, in some cities, they're trying this, which is okay. Each person in the country that can vote gets an allotted amount of money. Caught fifty, caught a hundred dollars. They get that allotted money given to them, and they can put that money to the campaign or campaigns of their choice. And that's it, okay? No corporate money, no special interest money, no lobbying, no, uh, what do they call super PACs or PACs or no, you know, uh, unions, no, any of that stuff. It's us that they should be representing. So we should be the ones giving any sort of donations. So once $100 is given um, across the board, now you've got, you know, money in the system. Maybe not everybody spends it. That can just sit, come back to, I don't know, the government coffers to, to provide good services, maybe fill some potholes. Um, but at the end of the day, that's it for the money. That's all you got. And you have to limit. So then there's ways you're going to sneak around that. No, I mean, this should be pretty easily done if we take all the money out of corporations. There's no reason why corporations should should donate to candidates. What are they, what are the, what are the candidates going up there to vote on their behalf for. I mean, why would we want that in any way, shape, or form? And unions and all these other things. So the people's money goes to their, you know, representative people that they want to vote for, and that's it. And then you've got to figure out TV rules. You've got to figure out, you know, um, censorship rules. Because can you imagine them say, okay, well, if you don't have all that money coming into me, how am I going to get exposure? Um, yeah, I'm going to go on my, my media, my TV, my podcast and get it that way. No, TV, TV should have an equal rule. They always used to have an equal rule. I don't know what happened to it where equal time for each side that doesn't exist. Um, I don't think there should be any real TV time. We should make it back about debates, right? What are the people, you know, let's ask debates. Let's make sure they're not rigged debates or censored debates. We all know the one where they were giving the, 
questions in advance to Hillary Clinton. That blows my mind. Um, we see Joe Biden out there with his cheat sheet of questions. So you got to make sure it's not rigged, right? It's independent like it used to be. We had real journalists. The sad thing is there aren't real journalists very much anymore. They're on things like Substack and, you know, on the web, um, you know, that actually care about the truth and aren't just pushing an ideology. But, you know, let's get it about debates. Let's have 10 debates. Let's have a lot of discussion. That's what it should be, not about the most snazzy marketing, the best advertisement, radio, TV, whatever. You know, take all that out of it. Why can't it just be debates and money from individuals? I mean, tell me that that doesn't make sense. So I'll give credit I, I, in the comments. of I forget who brought it up. It's a guy who wrote a book um, about this. I uh, can't remember the name of it already, but I just thought that was genius. So those are my top items that are part of this kind of 90-10 rule where I think we get general consensus on a lot of this stuff. So let's talk about how this can actually happen. I don't like just talking about things. I am a solution guy. Anybody that knows me, I don't just bitch about something. And I get actually pretty irritated when people just bitch, bitch, bitch about something. Do something about it. Stop bitching about it. You know, there's some great podcasters out there that are highlighting some of these real crazy things going on at the highest level of government, whether it's right or left. Um, great podcasts, great influential people, um, and they're doing a great job of informing. But what are they doing other than making a huge paycheck? Love Joe Rogan. I think he's a smart guy. I think he's a left-wing guy. I think he's kind of got an independent voice. He doesn't give a shit about it. Right? Makes a ton of money. Right. I think he's doing it for the right reasons. But what's the solution? You're just an entertainment venue right now, Joe. Let's come together with a solution. So I think people like Joe and Russell Brand and uh, many others are capable of much more than what they're doing today. So now we're going to get into how we're going to make all this a reality. All right. So I'm only going to spend a couple of seconds on the smaller ideas because, well, they're smaller ideas. So I've had my own nonprofit. I thought that was my purpose. Open that up right around COVID time. It's called To Great Lengths, togreatlengths.org. T-O, greatlengths.org is the website if you want to go. We do uh, life coaching, career counseling, mental health therapy, financial coaching, whatever, whatever the individual needs to get to the next level in their life and maximize their potential. That is the idea of the nonprofit. So coaching about five different individuals right now. I love it. I've actually coached probably about 12 to 15 total, and I think only one didn't work out. So I had a pretty good success rate um, and uh, very proud of that. But, you know, continuing to do local programs, I really would like to get um, more support for the app. I think that would be tremendous. Um, also, I think people need to get back to critical thinking. So son's about to graduate in two days. Congratulations, Riley. University of Central Florida animation major. Wow, what cool stuff they're doing. But, you know, he would admit that he is not a good critical thinker. They don't teach that in school anymore. They just teach you what to think, not how to think. We've all heard that a million times. It's really important. People are following groupthink more than ever on both sides of the aisle and uh, just falling for the narrative that's being spun. And I think people need to take a minute to just sit down, listen, and think. And if we can get people to learn how to do that again, which is a bit of a challenge, I think it will go a long way. Um, so, yeah, so there's some smaller ideas in there. But really, if I move down to my keys to success in implementing this tremendous idea that you all know and love and have already bought in for, 
Oh, what an ego on this guy. Um, it, it's forming coalitions of people that can help move this along, right? So I I just wish that a grassroots thing worked. I think the most grassroots thing I've seen work in my life is probably the Bernie Sanders coalition. Now, not a huge fan of Bernie, um, but I got to say, you know, did a tremendous job of getting the young population to buy in. Um, he he did it grassroots and, uh, you know, got up there on the ballot. Probably should have won it twice. Got squashed <laughs> by the by the uh, establishment, um, which is unbelievable. I feel really bad for my younger friends that we're all big Bernie supporters. We're out there. We're blood, sweat and tearing it out there in the field and, you know, picketing and rallying and all that stuff. And then just to watch them get crushed by the establishment. That is despicable. I mean, I know some kids, not kids, are in their 20s now, but like they're just so distraught over the industry, not the industry, the establishment and the the elite class that crushed what was obviously a win for Bernie across the board on the Democrat side. And uh, it's sad. So anyway, I just don't think those things are realistic. So I'm going to fast forward and I'm going to form coalitions of life like-minded organizations and people that just want to take the mic back. Like my man, all right, all right, all right, said. So I've researched, there's probably about 10 great organizations out there that are all about the 90-10 rule. You know, most of us agree, forget about the 10%, you just don't even worry about it, leave it on the sideline, have our differences. But you can see the names there, Problem Solvers Caucus, Common Sense is an organization, a starting point. They uh, they play a role on the app. And uh, a starting point um, has got some big backing from Chris Evans, from uh, Captain America fame. No Labels has got a ton of traction right now. Um, Joe Lieberman's high involved in this. A few other big name people. But No Labels is what helped put together the uh, Problem Solver Squad, which is 11, no, excuse me, 18, I believe, Democrats, 18 Republicans that get together and pass common sense legislation. So the infrastructure bill that's been dubbed the, you know, the big win of the Biden administration, you know, theoretically fixing potholes and train lines and infrastructure. I don't know where the money really went because it doesn't seem to be getting better. But anyway, 18 and 18 on each side wrote that bad boy and got it passed with bipartisan support. So that's no labels enlisting these, um, you know, problem solvers, caucus people. It's tremendous. So I watch a lot of their videos. They're very reasonable people. I think Brian Fitzpatrick's one kind of locally to me. Um, and then Braver Angels is another one I just kind of became familiar with. And what they do is they do these uh, podcasts or WebExes or Zooms, whatever you want to call it. And they have both sides on there giving their argument over, uh, you know, an issue, very respectful, um, and, uh, you know, let you decide. So it's almost like a mini debate. And it's just all about being able to listen to each other again, be able to have those discussions, agree on where we can and disagree uh, where we must. And then individuals, I just put a few here. I, I used to have about 10 top celebrities. Now, these aren't all what I would call celebrities, but 10 top celebrities. I've narrowed it down to really one, which is Matthew McConaughey. And uh, I know he's the right guy. So uh, Glenn Greenwald, Barry Weiss, they're both um, formal, f former writers of, I think, New York Times and maybe Washington Post, but too liberal. And they both quit because they couldn't believe what they were being 
censored and and what they were told they couldn't do. So they both left, um, formed their own organizations. Uh, I think I think Barry Weiss is the Free Press. Um, I think Glenn Greenwald just does his own thing, but he had a publication for a while, and then that got super po- political. And these just these folks just want to report the truth. Like these are actual journalists. Um, and then you got Joe Rogan and Russell Brand, which I both like because they're smart as hell, and they get on all these great you know, people and they question them. Right. So they're not just like putting them on the air, both sides, let the arguments happen. And I think both of these individuals, Joe and Russell know that this is the case with the political elite class that are really not out for our best interest. So I know these two bastards would be all in and I'm calling you out, Joe and Russell, you know, we can do this. Let's just stop bitching about it. Stop interviewing people about it. Let's take it to the next level and take the mic back. And that leads me to Mr. McConaughey. So just sat in on a seven-hour motivational series by Matthew McConaughey. Um, Definitely our guy. He wasn't the whole seven hours. He had other people like Tony Robbins and um, a guy named Trent Shelton that was tremendous. He only did about 20 minutes, but he was unbelievably passionate. And I think it's it's people like Matthew that are – down the middle, right? Call it like they see it and don't have many blemishes and can get people behind them that aren't just a radical on one side or the other that can bring us all together with a number of these folks. So what if you got um, for certain areas of the population, maybe if you got a a celebrity like uh, uh, Cardi B, right? And then maybe you got a a LeBron James type or a Michael Jordan type. And then maybe you got a couple of baseball players, right? So you start picking off a country Western singer. You start picking off an R&B singer. You go to every kind of subculture. You find somebody in the video game world, right? So you just get all these people to buy in on the 90% and we're taking the mic back. Matthew's my top pick. Um, I've got a bunch of others in mind. We could talk about that later. Um, Will Smith was on it at the very beginning, but sorry, Will. I have taken you off the list. You are out. Um, just looks a little too cray-cray for me. Anyway, so if we form this coalition, we can get things done. These partnerships and celebrity sponsorships, total game changer. No reason we can't do it. Um, and again, I'm a dreamer, right? So you're probably like, yeah, how are you going to get all these people together? Well, um, it's been surprisingly easy, you know, getting the politicians out, uh, for a lunch to talk through this was relatively easy. I've gotten into some of the organizations already. And, uh, you know, I think the old six degrees of separation's going to work for somebody like Matthew McConaughey or Joe Rogan, because I've got a pretty good, pretty good network. Um, I've done a lot of things in different industries, industries that can reach these folks. And then, you know what, I've got some deep pocket friends that maybe we we uh, come up with some creative ways to get to a Matthew McConaughey and that's going to be the very end of this I've got the most creative way I can think of that I think is going to get them so uh, hopefully you stay till the end so that's that's how we're going to make the success is bringing all these different folks together all these different cultures together because what we're talking about is just taking the mic back and getting common sense and being about the people and not billions of dollars to companies that are just not out for our best interest. So uh, let's move to the next piece, which is just a lot of background information on everything I've talked about so far. All right. So this next, or should I say, all right, all right, all right. This next section really is to show you that a lot of these things already have legs. So the additional background section of the document, again, this document will be linked at the bottom, whatever medium you're getting this on, you'll be to get to this. I can make you a commenter. I'd love your feedback. I'd love your input. I'd love your support. I'd love you to share it. 
Um, but as I said earlier, um, things like the single purpose bills, already something written. You can see that link in the bottom. Um, the next one, mandatory review, already something written. Term limits, already something written. I've provided a little bit of details. You to, we're not going to bore you here today. Um, voices heard, already built, did a prototype. You're going to see it in a second. Um, passing laws that prevent politicians from lying with impunity. It's been discussed a lot. Um, smaller donations, no lobbying money, eliminating special rules. I mean, all these things have legs already, whether it's been in public debate or there's actually already a bill out there. So this isn't stuff where we have to really pick up from, you know, scratch. This is stuff that just needs to be put in front of Congress to vote on. And that's amazing. So can you imagine one of our first things is a single page um, or single purpose bills or, you know, no more lying with impunity. And we just get that out there to vote on. That should be pretty easy. I don't believe that that's a big stretch. As long as we get this coalition together that demands it, I think we'll be in good shape. All right, so then um, that, that kind of gives you more details on all the things I talked about. I've listed kind of my milestone target dates. Um, so I kind of did finalize a game plan towards the end of last year. Um, implementing one big and one small idea. Oof, aggressive. Not going to make it, I don't think, unless I get Matthew real quick. Um, and I'm going to get into how I'm going to get Matthew in a minute. And then getting, you know, the support from all the local politicians that kind of would be like towards the end of uh, next year would get all that going. Funding opportunities, right? So there's, you know, people that are proponents of this. I mentioned I've got some Deep Pockets friends that I think would be on board um, and passionate about it like I am. You got the celebrity involvement, fundraisers, et cetera. And then lastly, I put in uh, a little appendix here. Um, the appendix has um, the stretch goal. Uh, one stretch goal is to have new ballot initiatives. So as I mentioned at the very beginning, we're a federal republic. And typically what that means is you've got the federal government. That's the overall where you got the constitution that overrides kind of like a lot of things, but then you got the states to make their own rules, right? So states are now making their own rules on abortion, on guns, on all these different issues, things that are not mentioned in the constitution. Um, so what's, what's, uh, a possibility is that each state can decide their own rules. So it was deferred to Roe v. Wade on abortion forever. Now, that's gotten stricken down, and I don't think ne people needed to panic on that because now it just goes locally. So you know what? The state of Utah, the state of Montana, they might put a 10-week limit on abortions. They might have restrictions on certain types of abortions, whatever the case may be. And then uh, L.A. or excuse me, California, New York, um, other states might be more liberal with it, uh, pardon the word, but might say, you know what? No, no restrictions at all. I think – I think my instinct is we're somewhere in the middle, but let states decide it. So every state has a way to get something on their next ballot. And uh, having been in the political world for a little bit of, I'll call it a cup of coffee, um, it's relatively easy to get a ballot um, out there. So there's no reason why people in Pennsylvania can't say, let's put together a, a new law that says at 21 weeks or viability or whatever it is, um, you need to get your abortion through a doctor's, you know, uh, permission, right, to, to go through them for whatever reason it is uh, or whatever it is. And I'm just making that up as an example. But pass the law at the local level and then people decide if that's the culture they want to live in or not. So you'll get people to live in Texas and people to live in California that like their state rules. That's what it's intended to be. It's why states have their own rules today. Um, so anyway, so that's a stretch goal. 
Um, got a couple other stretch goals, but in the interest of time, let's let's get right to the fun part, which is how we're going to get a Matthew McConaughey, um, and then I'm going to show you my app. So Matthew, all right, all right, all right, um, he is my green light. So if people didn't read his book, Green Lights, came out a couple years ago, bestseller, yada, yada, yada. Um, and yes, I did yada, 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 the best part. Um, and it wasn't the bisque for you Seinfeld friends out there. So he has this book out and you know what? I saw the Uvalde thing. I bought it. I bought the book. He spoke to me with take the mic back. I trademarked. Now I bought the book. Now I download the book for a trip to Florida. I'm going to listen to the audio book because I can't see very well anymore and, or I can't read very well because I keep, can't keep my eyes open for a long period of time. Um, that's neither here nor there. So I get the audio book and, uh, I download, uh, a couple of my favorite albums that I didn't have on my, on my phone. So I downloaded, uh, in excesses kick and I downloaded a bunch of U2 and some police. So now I've got that and I'm on the plane and, uh, second, second chapter of his book, he gets into how he uh, was an exchange student in Australia and it's really hilarious. The the parents that he stayed with and the situations he was in was unbelievable. He was there for an entire year. Um, but he's talking about getting on the plane and he's got his cassette player, his Walkman, and he's got his favorite tunes. He's got U2's Rattle and Hum, In Excess's Kick, and Maxi Priest. And I just almost crapped myself. I had literally just downloaded In Excess's Kick um, two hours prior to downloading his book. And after listening to some of his book for a while, I was going to listen to In Excess's Kick. And he mentioned that. It blew my mind. Now, I, I knew we were around the same age. We're almost identical age. And uh, I was just blown away that he mentioned that. I'm like, if that is not a signal, a.k.a. green light, as you would say, Mr. McConaughey, because I know you're going to listen to this. I know I'm going to get you. That ain't a green light. I don't know what is. But between taking the mic back, Matthew just being who he is, and uh, that green light of his book and In Excess's Kick, I know he's my guy. Um, I do believe stuff happens for a reason. I know karma is a real thing. And uh, yeah, we're going to get him. So here's the creative idea. So, you know, I had done a couple of short films and produced a couple of short films. So I could get on IMDb and I could get his publicist information, his agent information, representatives for commercials information, send them letters. Already done that. I knew I was not going to get anything back from that. I knew it was a waste of time. But, you know, you go that route. Um, I got his information for, of those of those people. I, I contacted his foundation, uh, Just Keep Living, um, and uh, contacted them, just asking for some time. I was literally saying, hey, for, uh, for a meeting, I'd be willing to donate X number of dollars to either his charity or whatever he would like, but I just need half hour Matthew's time to go over this concept, go over my app and all these ideas. I got nowhere, obviously. Um, you know, seriously, I mean, this guy's um, uh, motivational speaking, WebEx, Zoom, whatever, there was 2.4 million people on it. It was free, but 2.4 million people were on it. 551, me being one of them, paid an extra 50 bucks to be in a special room where you might be able to get them to ask him a question. That was my second way to, to get to him. And I thought, you know, it's still 550 people. How many questions can they take? They took about five to six questions. I didn't get one of them. In the background, my Zoom background had, you know, words to Matthew. Um, and uh, those words, I was trying to get Matthew's attention if he saw it because they were all looking at the screens. If you've ever done one of these 
big WebExes. Um, the celebrity or the main person can see all the screens of the the people in the VIP room. So I had like big words up. I had, uh, you know, all right, well, let me just get into it. So the the screens I had in from came from an idea of putting up a billboard in McConaughey's hometown or somewhere he drives to work every day or somewhere I would get to have him see it, that he would know it's targeted for him. So settled on uh, Uvalde, Texas. And why Uvalde, obviously he's from there, but after watching all his press conferences very closely and how the people feel about him, he's one of theirs. And uh, you know what? His teachers are still there, some of them. Um, his friends, some family, people that know him, I don't know, baseball coaches. I know he's a big golfer, golfing buddies. So there's people in Uvalde that know Matthew McConaughey very well, some of his closest people. And um, you know what? If they see this billboard, they might you know, say, hey, Matthew, you should call this guy. So the idea is giant billboard, side of the road. Um, by the way, Uvalde is a lot cheaper than Austin, where he lives in the outskirts of Austin, um, probably about four times cheaper. So I'm going to start there. And the sign is going to be large billboard like you see on the side of the road. It's going to be in that burnt sienna, Texas longhorn orange color. So he's a proud Texas alum at University of uh, Texas at Austin. And uh, he's a longhorn. So big, imagine a big billboard, big orangey billboard with Texas Longhorn font strewn throughout it that says, hey, Matthew, let's take the mic back. Call me and my phone number. Or, hey, Matthew, let's take the mic back. I've got the plan and I'm ready. Call me. Right. And it's in the font of Texas Longhorn. It's in Texas Longhorn color. And it says Matthew and it's got my number. Yeah, I'm probably going to have to get a separate number just for this purpose. But that's the idea that somebody's going to see it and be like, Matthew, who's Matthew? Oh, it's got to be McConaughey because like it's it's Longhorn font. And oh, yeah, he says taking the mic back. So I don't want it to be too much in your face like, all right, all right, all right. Or a picture of Matthew or say Matthew's full name. I want it to be a little bit cryptic. I want it to be creative. And I want it to be a little bit of nuanced and a little mysterious that um, I get their respect that, oh, that was pretty good, man. We'll give you a call for five minutes. That's all I'm looking for. All I'm looking for. Give me a five-minute call. So that's my idea. I've got the quotes. I think there's four different billboard locations in Uvalde, Texas. Um, I'm thinking about even going there and posing in front of it. Uh, I've got some political writers, uh, both from the Inquirer and uh, I, got, I forget the other local paper, that are willing to cover this. And think it's a pretty good idea and worthy of the article. And um, yeah, so that's the idea. So get him to call me, get the meeting, walk through what I just walked through with you, and get the first meaningful celebrity sponsor for taking the mic back. So I actually have done some creative marketing in my past. It's how I got my last job. It's how I've gotten promotions. It's how I've gotten uh, gigs on stage. Um, it's how I've written screenplay. I've done a lot of things by creatively reaching out to people. Sometimes you cater to the ego. Sometimes you hit them where they're passionate. If you share a passion and what I learned, you know, as I get older, young people come up to me and ask me for my advice or, or want my time. I love giving it. There's nothing more egotistical than people asking me for advice. I absolutely love it. That's why I love life coaching. I've got all this knowledge. I might as well use it and really cater to the ego. And people say, Hey, Hey, I'm like, can I, can I 
bend your ear for you know a few minutes about a relationship or about my job or can you look at my resume? I think most people are wired to say, yeah, I'll take a look at that because uh, there's something you know about the ego that feels good. So I think um, I think this creative idea will work. I'm excited to see it work. And uh, yeah, so last piece I want to get to is showing you my app. So we're going to show the app called Voices Heard right now, but it might might change to taking the mic back since I've now trademarked it. So let me pull that up right now. All right. So this is what started my whole venture down this path. So as you see on your screen, temporarily calling this Voices Heard app and uh, worked with a nice woman on Fiverr to build this. Um, so no need to critique the colors and the fonts and all that stuff. Let's get to the message right away. So once you click in, you're going to get to the first page, welcomes you back, and it goes through the current issues of the day. So let's say there's four or five main issues out there that the public needs to weigh in on. Um, at the time I built this, there was the COVID issues, there was Afghanistan, mask mandates, COVID vaccines, and uh, President Biden ability to govern. This was a lot of the hot topics at the time that this was built. So you can see there's a couple grayed out because I've already voted on how I feel about these different issues. So let's go down the path that uh, it's the mask mandates at the time, right? Should they be needed? So I'm going to click on that because I want to read and learn more information. As I click on that, goes to a page with cold information. This is one of the more challenging areas. There are firms out there that have done this already, so I might look to partner. But in essence, this is to bring together different videos, links, white papers, articles that give all the information. The idea would be that none of this is really written by a, a political side, so it's not biased. You wouldn't see things from maybe uh, the New York Post on the right. You might not see things from um, the New York Times or Washington Post on the left. So you get this opportunity to go through um, the different topics on the screen here. And you read the articles and watch the videos. So now you're somewhat educated on this information. And then as you go to the next page, and this is something that is completed. This is where we would look to partner. So firm out there called A Starting Point. I highly recommend everybody downloading A Starting Point on their phone. It is a free app. And uh, one of the founders is no none other than Captain America. And that is Chris Evans, the actor. So he put this together. I don't really know his background and why he did it, but the concept is that it's going to show you how your representatives, both Senate and, uh, and uh, House, feel about a certain issue. So this would get into the mask mandate issue. And what they've done is they've got buy-in from all the Democrats and Republicans. You can see you got John Tester, Ben Cardin, Dan Crenshaw. This is actually a screen grab directly from their site. And if you were to click one of these links, it's going to be a up to a one-minute video. They give an opportunity for each side to uh, you know get into what they feel about mask mandates, why they're voting a certain way. Um, so you get your Democrat and Republican perspectives as much as you want. And then it says, all right, now that you've gone through all this information, you've heard from your representatives, you're ready to kind of decide how to vote, um, this says, you know, do you believe mask mandates are an effective strategy? So 
then you vote, and that goes to your local, state, or national, wherever that vote's taking place, representative, um, then they would receive it on their phone. So their version of the app is slightly different, where they're going to receive all the information um, from the from the constituents in an effort to gather the data like a good old town hall. So as you know, you know to these are elected representatives, right? They're supposed to represent us. We shouldn't care what they think. Um, Dan Crenshaw, John Tester, et cetera, should be representing how we think and what we want. So now that it is, you know, 21st century, we have the ability to pass to them our vote, what we think, after hopefully getting somewhat educated. Um, but either way, you know, it's back to the people. So after you click, uh, you know, whatever you decided, it's going to show you the results. You're going to see how others voted. So how you voted versus the rest. So in this case, I was in the 76 that voted one way, 23 voted no. Um, representatives both voted no. That would be filled out over time as they make their votes. Hopefully the idea is we get a vote, right? So if you do have the ability to read a bill and it's not passed in the middle of the night, we get educated on it, take a week, two weeks, whatever. That's, I know, being uh, aggressive. I know a lot of people won't do this. But this gives an opportunity for anybody who wants to be represented to put their voice out there. Um, and then you go down, you see how the representatives voted, and then it gives an overall scorecard, your representatives voting against their constituents. So in this case, it uh, looks like 60-some percent of the time they voted in line with the people, and they disagreed with the people 30 or so percent of the time. So the interesting thing here is we will give an opportunity for the congressman um, senator, et cetera, to provide their why. So let's say we voted. We can see that it's 75% one way, but the congressperson's going to vote against us. We'll give them a, an opportunity to voice through this app via video or uh, you know, a letter or a message to us to say, here's why I'm voting for this. Here's why I think it's good. It's not for lobbying purposes. It's not this but it's tied to this X, Y, and Z, and they provide that opportunity. So um, that way they can you know, say, hey, you know what? I, w I voted against you, but here's why. And then the people will decide the next time to vote, whether that's a sufficient answer or they're just voting against their people in their own interest. So this is the, the, the grand way of getting the power back to the people. This is your electronic town hall, if you will. Um, as I've done various focus groups, met with two politicians, one on each side to get their feedback. Only a couple of things were tweaked um, and, you know, we're landing where we are today. And then just the, the basis of needs to be secure clearly with one vote per person. So we can't have a lobby or a firm out there, you know, doing robo 500 votes won't work. So much like, you know, how apps are segregated today and you only have one user per app, um, this would not allow anything more than that. So there's no funny business. Um, and we need a tracking device to see who it goes back to, et cetera, et cetera. So this app, you know, the one politician said it would be really nice to match this up with a campaign app. So there's a lot of apps out there for campaigns when they go door to door where it shows them, okay, I'm about to knock on a moderate Republican's door or a staunch Democrat's door. Um, and here's uh, you know, what their information is. So they have this on an app. I forget the name of it, but I saw it in the last election. Pretty cool. So at least you know what you're walking into as you go door to door. You know who to stay away from. You know who to go into. You know who you're just trying to say, hey, we appreciate your vote in the past as a Republican. Let's vote again. Uh, we need you at the polls. We need you to come out. Or, 
hey, I see you're a moderate Democrat. Is there anything that you know we can do to sway you? Whatever the case may be on either side. Um, but moving this into that app, they say would be tremendous, was the one area of feedback. Um, and then the other thing that I posed to both the Republican and the uh, Democrat candidate, and I'll say that it was a in my mind, a moderate Republican and a pretty staunch Democrat. I'm going to call. It, I'm not going to call it radical, but pretty staunch, meaning uh, didn't seem to be very willing to see other views. So I thought that was a good person to have on my uh, panel of experts that, that reviewed this. And uh, that candidate, um, I asked the question to both of them: Is there any issue that if it's a 70 to 80 percent, you know, vote on one side and you're confident in that vote? Is there any issue where you would vote against your people that you can think of right now that is just a non-starter? It's the hill you would die on, as they say. And uh, from the Republican, I did not get anything on his side. Um, didn't mean to put it as a he or her, but um, on their side. And then uh, on the Democrat side, there was one issue. It was not shocking, the abortion issue. And it was really around a full ban, meaning no abortions allowed in the state rape and incest, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but certainly was willing to meet somewhere in the middle. Let's call it the viability, 15, 21 week, whatever you want to call it. But it was just the absolute ban that this candidate was not going to be okay with. So that would have been an opportunity if it was 70, 80% where she is not going to vote in line with the people. So it kind of goes against the elected representative, you know, thought process that we should be in. But it'll allow her, you know, a reason to answer uh, religious belief or whatever the case may be. Um, so all in all, that is the Voices Heard app. So it's been tested a few times. There's been additions requested, integrations, you know, requested. But we're going to take this as one of the key ways to hold politicians accountable. Now, another way to hold them accountable, all the things I mentioned before, term limits, holds them accountable, right? They got to be out of there with a certain amount of time. Um, the bills and, and, and the bills being single page and being able to see right on an app how they're voting in real time versus a 300-page bill where things are buried in it. So they're voting for 20 things that they don't want. Um, so there's a number of things in my proposals that are all about bringing it back to normalcy. Let's get real people in office, not politicians who are the best at lobbying and raising money. Got to get the money out. We all know that money is the, is the worst part. I can't think of a reason why money got so big in it other than lobbies and industries that want to have full power. Well, that's not what we want as the people. So we're done with that. There is no reason why this much money should be in campaigns. In fact, there's no reason why companies, whether it's a college institution, a hospital I saw, um, some of these institutions are spending tons of money in political campaigns. And that just doesn't seem right, uh, you know, just to get favors or get something voted on. You know what? The best ideas should win. Um, and they shouldn't be about money being put in. And we all know how unions and, and various industries have taken over parties at times, whether it be the uh, farm industry, whether it be the defense industry. And we got to get that out of there. So with all the ideas, plus this Voices Heard app, I think we can really change the game bring it back to the people and take the mic back. So I want to thank everybody for their time. Um, in a moment, I'm going to share some of the uh, list of people 
that I would have on my short list of brand ambassadors. And I think this all fails without the buy-in of the public. And I think the only way to get the buy-in of the public or the main way, you can go grassroots and take 20 years, or you can reach out to some celebrities and some sports stars and some local people that'll be your brand ambassadors that will provide that message out to the people. And I think people will start listening. They'll get on TV. We know that's the best way to kind of get your voice out there. And, um, you know, that'll prove that my belief is that we're not that divided. We're all pretty much in agreement that we should have the powers of people. We have differences of opinion on various issues, but I think we are not nearly as divided as they're making out to be. And these wedge issues that are forcing us into our corners are really leading to the downfall of, of kind of the American way and uh, want to get back to that. So again, thank you for your time. And uh, in the credits, you'll see some of those brand ambassadors. Thanks. And let's do this. Let's take the mic back.